When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Is the Dan Grasso Show. What the Mets just pulled off the last three days in Detroit, three freaking hits. Mets have been shut out already this six times this year. I don't know which is worse right now with the Mets, the offense or the pitching staff. And if I'm Steve Cohen and it was my 375 or 385 million, whatever the hell it is, it's over 400 million when you factor in the luxury tax. I would like a little bit more certainty for the check that I'm writing, given what I have received in return already from this team. Am I asking too much? I mean, I would think if I'm paying over $400 million and I'm pumping that into a payroll, I think I would probably want something that doesn't have as many question marks as this Mets team currently has. And I don't think that that's overstating things. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. I don't think so at all, to be honest with you. All right, hour number two, Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Another 60, then we're going to hand things off to the Lakers and the Dubs. Game two in their best of seven from out west. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Remember, full show tomorrow, full three hours from 7 to 10, and then back with you again on Saturday morning for our usual program from 9 to noon. How about the um, news coming out of Milwaukee a little while ago? Uh, right before, you know, I would say half hour before we got on the air tonight, Buck show Mike Budenholzer the door. Now, we know that they got upset in the first round. They lose to the Miami Heat. Anytime a one goes down, it's going to create some news and it's going to create a stir. But, you know, Giannis didn't play in a couple of those games. I know they let a couple of leads slip away and people were critical of him in the way that, you know, he managed those timeouts, especially in a couple of those games here. But, you know, off the court, too, the guy was going through a hell of a lot in his personal life. I mean, he lost one of his brothers in a, a, a fatal car accident right in the middle of that series. And that didn't get out that news until after it was over. And so Milwaukee, who, remember, this guy just won him a championship two years ago, right? And they've been in the conversation pretty much every single year that he's been there. And for them to make a coaching change here, I don't know. I, I, I get that it's, it's professional sports, and I know that loyalty is a thing of the past. And coaches are hired to be fired, and whatever analogy you want to use, I get it, but... I don't know. That one just seemed kind of cold to me. It really and truly did. Like, you can't tell me that Milwaukee next year still would not be a really, really good team. I mean, think about how much time they missed, you know, or Chris Middleton didn't play this year all throughout the season, right? And they still had this team as a one seed, still had an opportunity to go chase another ring, and they got beat. All right? It happens. It happens. But now you're just going to blow this thing up and say – Look, you run a risk when you're changing coaches because you don't know if the guy that you bring in is going to be better than the guy that you just fired. Something tells me that I think you play connect the dots. You might see Nick Nurse's name end up there. You know, he's certainly a top coach, a guy who's won a championship, and, you know, things kind of flamed out for him up there in Toronto. Change of scenery, maybe kind of light a fire under him, considered one of the better coaches in the game. I mean, I, I could maybe see that as a landing spot. But I'll tell you what. This isn't going to reflect positively on Giannis. 
whether he had anything to do with this or not, this is how the game goes, especially in the NBA. You don't win. And then those comments that Giannis made got a hell of a lot of attention, you know, about failure and not winning. And then they go out there and they blow out the head coach. Everybody's going to attach a superstar to it like he had something to do with it. Or the fact that he did not perform or the team did not perform and that cost the coach its job. It, it, it comes with the territory when you're a top player. So fairly or unfairly, I think Giannis is going to have to deal with that until, you know, he wins another championship. That's the only way to get rid of it. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. As far as the Knickerbockers are concerned, look, another day as, you know, they were up in Westchester today practicing before they uh, board the plane tomorrow to go down to South Beach for game number three coming up on Saturday afternoon. And we talked a lot about it last night and, you know, what they had to do in game number two when evening up that series. They could ill afford to go back down to Miami without a win in their pocket and realistically think that they could get back into the series. I mean, that's asking a lot from them. And, you know, certain guys came through in that game the other night. The fact that Julius Randle, you know, suited up number one. Clearly not 100%. Clearly still not where he wants to be, even in terms of his conditioning. I mean, that's evident. And he didn't take any shots in the fourth quarter and still found a way to impact that basketball game. Right, Jalen Brunson in a bounce-back performance where you know he was very critical of the way he played in game number one. And he goes out there and he gets the job done. Josh Hart doing his Josh Hart impersonation, which is what you come to expect every single time this team plays. But it's not going to be easy, right? Because Miami very nearly won that game the other night. Could have easily won the game. And they didn't have Jimmy Butler, their best player. And I don't know what Butler's status is going to be for game three. I mean, I look, if you're asking me to wager a guess, I would expect that he would play after having three days off and having some extra time for that ankle to heal. But I think we've seen this already, that just because somebody's in the lineup, not in the lineup, it doesn't make that team any less formidable. I mean, the Sixers without Joel Embiid go up to Boston, win game one before they got shellac last night. But, you know, it is possible. You can't take any opponent for granted. And if you look at Randall right now, I, I think he's the guy that you're still going to need big-time performances from if they're going to win this series. And he was asked today how his ankle's doing. Like I said, I try not even think about it, man. It's not even – it doesn't matter at this point. I'm healthy enough. I feel good enough to play. I feel great. So, uh, you know, that's where my focus stays. Tibbs also said that J- uh, Jalen Brunson didn't really do much today. And they're still calling him day-to-day. I mean, that's gamesmanship, guys. I mean, come on. We we know that Jalen Brunson's going to be playing Saturday, right? I don't think the Heat are going to take the bait. I don't think that they're going to be fooled in any which way about Brunson, you know, not doing a lot in practice. You know how many guys at this stage of the season, when you've played an 82-game regular season already, you know, in most cases, another six, seven, eight games in the playoffs, that, that that's a lot of basketball. So they're going to try to take it easy as easy as possible on these guys especially when you're talking about the time off if you're afforded an extra day before you got to step back out there and play basketball again in the series. But with this Knicks team, look, I think if you're asking me right now, you know, what's the one area that maybe you want to see a little bit more from as this series plays itself out? And it's a guy that we talked about last night, and despite the fact that they're winning, you know, Emmanuel quickly has kind of been like, out of sight, out of mind here, right? He's somebody who's really, since the playoffs started, he's not the same IQ that we saw all season long. 
as being a spark off the bench, and he was even more impressive, remember, in those games that he had to be in the starting lineup when Brunson was hurt. So can they find that spark again with Emmanuel quickly? And I thought it was interesting that Josh Hart, of all people, when he was talking to the media today, he was actually someone that said, you know what, put it on me to help get IQ going offensively. I think just make sure we continue to try to find him, you know, when he's open. I got to take that into my account, into account uh, on myself. You know, there's a lot of times where I have the ball after a defensive rebound or whatever it is, and sometimes I'm I'm tunnel vision, you know, at the rim, and I and I'm missing him when he's wide open, you know, in, for corner threes or you know running in threes on that on that wing. So got to continue to find him. You know, when he's open, continue to give him confidence, give the ball to him and let him go out there and play his game. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I said, there's highs and lows of the season. The biggest thing is to be be even. And I think that's something that he's doing and we just got to continue to help him and to find him when he's open. The bench has to be there for this team. Has to be. Because that's an edge that the Knicks had in round one against the Cavaliers and I still think it's an edge that they have on paper against Miami. Now, when Hart's in the starting lineup... All right, that's less production you're getting from the bench. Isaiah Hartenstein was the best player off of Tom Thibodeau's bench in game number two, but he's not a guy that's going to provide scoring. He did all the dirty work for you. He attacked the glass. He was always getting his hands in the passing lanes. You know, he cleaned, he he, he did a decent job defensively down there in the paint area. Hustle plays. That's great, but you don't necessarily know if you're getting that each and every time out. And that's why it's important for guys to be able to at least contribute somewhat offensively in that second unit. If it's not going to be IQ, then who is that going to be? Quentin Grimes is not a guy that I'm going to sit there and put my last dollar down that he's somebody that's going to be able to give me 15, 20 points off the bench, right? Those days are few and far between when he went on that nice spurt at the end of the regular season when he was scoring like, you know, 20 or so points a game. Like, that was nice, but we haven't seen enough of that consistently. And Tibbs isn't going to put Grimes back in the starting lineup yet because he doesn't feel that he's healthy enough with that shoulder. You know, he wants to try to minimize the minutes, minimize the wear and tear. And if Hart could go out there and play in, you know, 40 minutes or whatever the hell he's giving you and sitting there eating pizza up at the uh, podium during the press conference, hey, if that's what it takes, you do it. No turning back this time of the season. And I think realistically... I think you just got to hope for a split over the next two games, right? Get that one win, reestablish home court advantage, and then if you got to come back to New York for a game five, best two out of three, where you've got the home court edge back, I think you sign up for that right now. This is not going to be an easy series. You know, this isn't going to be like Cleveland 2.0 where Knicks are going to win three straight here and, and just send the Heat home packing for the summer. That, that is not going to happen here. This Miami team is a gutsy, gritty basketball team that has made deep runs in the playoffs over the last few years. They've got winners on that team. I know you can't stand them, and I know that the rivalry is still there, and it's still very much present, but this team knows how to get it done this time of year. You know, this coach has won championships. I took shots of them for going all the way to the finals in the bubble, and maybe it was a little bit fabricated because of the bubble format and, you know, several reasons, but... They're legit, and they're a tougher out than the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I think that they've proven that already so far in the first couple of games, maybe even more so in that game that they didn't win just a couple of nights ago. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Let's take some Nick calls about what the realistic expectations should be here over the next two down in Miami. And also, let's pay some props to the New York football giants. 
getting one of their major players under contract as they continue on into this offseason. Dan Gross' show, we go to the top right here on 98.7 ESPN. This pizza's hitting. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. As the Mets and Yanks, wheels are kind of spinning off right now. Mets get swept in Detroit. Yanks have a day off before they head down to Tampa to take on the juggernaut which is known as the Tampa Bay Rays. Hey, good job by the New York football giants, Joe Shane. You know, we were sitting here wondering, well, when is there going to be some traction made with Saquon Barkley in the contract talks, right? The back and forth, the stalemate. Saquon, they put the franchise tag on him. He don't want to sign it, of course. He wants that contract. He wants that multi-year deal, a little bit of security. But in the meantime, they had another guy that they had to take care of, namely Dexter Lawrence. And, Lo and behold, they were able to do that today. Four years, $90 million, 60 guaranteed. And I'll tell you, Lawrence is a guy, if there was somebody who picked the perfect season to go out there and have his best season, well, you always want to do that when you need to get paid at the end of the year. And that is exactly what happened with the former first-round pick there of the football Giants was certainly one of the best DTs in all the National Football League this year was a second-team All-Pro. Had, had a phenomenal year. And really somebody who, when you look at it, has kind of made himself a mainstay on that defensive line. So it was somebody they can ill afford to be without. Good job by them. Remember, Giants still had some flexibility when you're talking about the player being a first-round pick, going into his fifth year. They could have just given the option and, and, and that type of stuff and – all would have been right with the world. But the fact that they were able to get the agreement done, it's one less headache that's going to be on Joe Shane's plate moving forward. And it's funny now, all these defensive tackles that are getting contracts during the offseason, whether it was now Dexter Lawrence, Deron Payne, and so on and so forth in the NFL, you know, Quinnen Williams is like the last guy who's still standing that's up for a deal. And look, that'll get done. You know, my indication is that things are moving in the right direction. And sooner rather than later, you know, they will have an agreement. So if you're a Jet fan, you don't have to lose sleep over Quinn and Williams possibly being someplace else. They will get something finished. And, you know, they're, they're making progress towards that. But with the Giants, now the next challenge is going to be Saquon. And that's something that you don't want to have hanging over your head by the time training camp rolls around. You don't, look, it'll be decided one way or the other because I think July 12th is the deadline or somewhere around that date. Um, to the last day where you can work out a long-term deal with somebody that you gave the franchise tag to. Joe Shane was actually on the NFL Network this morning, Good Morning Football, and among other things, he spoke 
about what the latest is with Saquon Barkley. Yeah, we talked with his representatives last week. You know, we had initial talks on where we might be in terms of numbers or, you know, trying to get something done, what the appetite is to get a deal done. And we said, hey, we'll, we'll step back, let the draft take place, and then we'll circle back up. So at some point over the next couple of days, you know, we'll, we'll circle back up. We'll have some conversations in terms of, you know, where we are, where they may be, and, and see if we can get something done. Listen, like, Saquon's a, a very good football player. He's captain last year. You know, he's a good locker room guy. Uh, I love him. We, we want him to be here and you know but you got to have a deal where both parties are happy with you know where you end up and that's what we're going to try to work for and see if we can see if we can get something we can both agree on I, I i don't think for a second that there should be any sort of reservation about him going someplace else or not being a giant he, he's going to be here right and you know what's funny about the whole thing is is you know barkley was a guy who was the number two pick in the draft and then the year after barkley was drafted that was when Dave Gettleman had three kicks at the can in the first round. Took Daniel Jones, took Dexter Lawrence later in the round, and then, remember, he had the trade-up for DeAndre Baker, which turned out to be a complete disaster um, on the field and off the field with that player. But Joe Shane's sitting here making sure that he locks up a couple of Dave Gettleman's picks, right, both from 2019, and, and there's nothing wrong with that either, right? When you talk about the draft, the draft is supposed to be the foundation of your roster. That is supposed to be your core and for the Giants to lock up not one but two first-round picks in the same offseason, I think that's pretty good business. You know, Lawrence is a guy that you keep. Jones is a guy that they feel they saw enough in last year to where they said, all right, we're going to move forward with him as the quarterback. And we think, given this system, given that the weapons that we'll continually try to surround him with, we feel that this player can bring us some winning football. Did it cost a lot of money? Sure. You know, is it a little bit more than maybe we thought we would ever see Daniel Jones receive at the beginning of the season? Yeah, maybe. But they got it done. And I think that's a credit to the organization, too. And I don't think that it was a, a scenario where the Giants were maybe overpaying or maybe doing something irresponsibly because it was, you know, maybe the popular thing to do. No, I, I think that from a football standpoint, I think it's sound business, too. And that's why this Saquon Barkley back and forth has taken as long as it has. Giants could have just, you know, sold out and said, oh, yeah, you know what? Barkley's popular. Fans love him. He's got a, lot, a, a very prominent voice in the locker room. Sells a lot of jerseys. Good guy. Let's give him a blank check, whatever the hell he wants. Well, he, he can't do that. Because I think the difference between Saquon and let's say even Dexter Lawrence and Daniel Jones is that Saquon Barkley doesn't play a premium position, unfortunately. Once upon a time, he did, right? The running back used to be the end-all, be-all, the central focus for an offense. You know, running backs once upon a time were number one pick in the draft, number one overall pick in the draft. And that's why when Gettleman took him second, he was like, what is he doing? But Barkley could still be a big, important piece of this offense, should be a very useful player in this scheme. And if you want to manifest the contract that you had with Daniel Jones. You want to surround him with as many playmakers, and Barkley's one of them. And they tried to get this thing done even as far back as last year during the bye week when he turned down, what was it, 12 and change a year. Then even after that, once the offseason got underway, they upped the offer to about $13 million a season, and that wasn't good enough for Saquon. Now, by his own admission, Saquon was also somebody who said – I don't need to be the highest paid running back in the NFL. And he's not going to be either, nor should he be, and nor would the Giants do something like that. 
So as long as they're speaking the same language, isn't this a matter of, well, they got to be nearing an agreement, right? You got to be figuring out that they're close because if, if 13 a year is not good enough for Saquon, and he also then tells you that he doesn't really make it his prime objective to be the highest paid player, well, I mean, do the math. You're only talking about a finite amount of wiggle room that you're going to be able to sweeten the pot to satisfy that criteria. So, look, Joe Shane has been true to his word ever since he took over. You know, he's made sure that he's been able to keep other important players in-house. So if you're a Giant fan right now, why should you have any doubt that he's not going to find a way to get this thing done with Barkley? Now, I don't think that this is a guy you give, you know, a 20-year contract to, and they're not going to do that. But some sort of a common ground that's more than one year to be able to satisfy both parties, I think that that gets done. And I think that Saquon's going to be running out of that tunnel into the huddle with Daniel Jones and all the other guys in that offense come week one, whoever they're going to be playing. And oh, by the way, a week from today is when we're going to find out exactly who they're going to be playing. We're going to find out who all the teams are going to be playing because the NFL schedule comes out a week from today. Very, very much looking forward to that. I have always been a schedule guy. Like, huge schedule guy. To me, that is like the highlight of the offseason. Love it. And certainly with all the excitement surrounding the Jets and, you know, all the additional primetime games that they're going to have thrown at them this season with, with Aaron Rodgers now aboard. Jet fan, get out that pot of coffee. Set the timer because there's going to be a lot of late nights for you. A lot later than they've been, certainly over the last handful of years, when you're talking about this team and how they slide into the marquee slots in the National Football League. All right, when we come back, we'll go back to some baseball. John Harper, longtime columnist, SNY. Talk a little Mets, talk a little Yankees as we continue on with the May portion of the baseball schedule. Dan Grasso Show, till the top of the hour, then we're going to take you out to Golden State for the Dubs and the Lakers right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Baseball, big theme of the show tonight with the Mets and the Yankees scuffling about as they are here in the early portion of the season. Joining us now to talk a little bit more about said teams is our good pal, longtime columnist. See him on SNY, SNY.TV. It is the great John Harper. Harp, long time no chat, my friend. How are things? Yeah, pretty good, Dan. Who you got in that game uh, coming up? Who I think got? the Who Dubs. I want to know. Dubs bounce back, right? They got it on on home court. Yeah, I gotta see it though. I gotta see him get uh, free car, free uh, 
Yeah, free Curry up a little bit. The Lakers' defense was unbelievable on him the other night. AD has been a beast, and that's really – AD is almost like the X factor. No, I mean, if he could just stay out there on the court consistently and do his thing, I mean, he, that's what shifts that Laker team into another dimension, in my opinion, more so than LeBron. Yeah, absolutely. It should be a great series, though. I think you're right. I think they get it. They, they even it up tonight. Yeah, they got to get that one tonight, though, if they want this to be a long one. But you can't lose the first two on home court like they did. I know they got, you know, they fell into an 0-2 hole in the last round, but that was in Sacramento. Different story here. I don't think they want to pull a rabbit out of their hat again, but we shall see. It should be a good one here. Uh, unlike the two baseball teams here in this fine city, that has not <laughs> been good, and, and, and you know that as well as anybody. All right, I'll, I'll lay it at you right now. Which of these two teams do you think has been more uninspiring out of the gate, the Mets or the Yanks? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, that's why I was trying to avoid the subject. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to say the Mets just because I, I expected so much more from them. I know I, I, feel like it's, I feel like it really is about the injuries more so for the Yankees. I mean, you got to have Judge in there. To me, Rodon was such a big signing for them. I thought he was going to be a guy that's going to help put them over the top, um, and take them out of there. Um, and you know, a few, other, you know, obviously, Judge and Stanton out of that lineup is a completely different lineup. So, I, I just the Mets. I can't quite figure out why they can't get it going. Although it, it starts for me with Scherzer because I'm not sure. What, what where he is in his career right now? He really might be uh, on on the downside in a hurry here. And if they don't have him and Verlander, who I thought had an encouraging start today, but if they don't have Scherzer and Verlander at the top of the game, they have no shot. And their offense is inconsistent. Their bullpen is a little bit, you know, it's a little thin. So they got a lot of issues. But I expected a lot more from them. I, I think so did Steve Cohen, and that's why he, you know, write a three hundred eighty-five million dollar check or whatever it was, and for all these holes to pop up like they have, I, I think that's a little bit of a head scratcher for him. All right, let's start with the Mets since you brought him up here first. You know, Max Scherzer, clearly he and Verlander are the linchpins for this team. You know, you're giving them forty-three million dollars each to kind of be the two horses, not just through the season, but then into the playoffs as well. And Scherzer wore down the last two seasons at the end. He hasn't gotten off to a great start this year. The suspension. I mean, what does your gut tell you? Can he find this to the level of being a top-flight guy like the Mets need? My gut says no, and, and I've watched every start he's made this, this year. Uh, but to be fair, the guy is one of the all-time great pitchers and all of the all-time great uh, work ethic, intense, high-intensity guys. So I, I would never say he can't do it. It's just that watching him, and I know, you know, to be fair, again, he was coming off a long layoff. But the one thing that has to be alarming is, yeah, yeah, a long layoff, you can, so you can attribute, if he's not sharp with his location, command, whatever, that can be attributed to a long layoff. But if anything, he should have had more velocity coming off that kind of a layoff. He had, his velocity has been down a little bit all year, down again, and it's not even just the velocity. You just, you know, I've watched him enough over the years to know he's always had that little pop, that little late life on his fastball where he can throw it, and he can throw it down the middle at times and throw it by guys because he's got too many other weapons. He hasn't been able to do that this year. He hasn't gotten away with it. He can still throw his fastball and be effective if he's hitting his spots, but he's got to hit his spots, and I think that's a whole new game for him that he's adjusting to. Remember that one start against the Padres, I mean, he used every trick in yeah. his book to get through five scoreless innings, 97 pitches. He was exhausted, you know. So I really, I think he 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 slipped a little bit. I think he can he can be okay, but is that enough for this team? 
Senga we thought was going to be a, maybe a top-end guy. Don't know about him because of his command control issues. Uh, who you know? I mean, where is the pitching coming from? I can't. I don't think you can count on Carrasco at all. So I don't think this team right now has enough pitching. And that's the problem, right? I mean, if you're not going to have vintage Scherzer and then you go with everybody else down the line here in the rotation, it's nothing but question marks. And I, this isn't a referendum to sit here and say, oh, woulda, coulda, shoulda with DeGrom because you know what? DeGrom may not throw another pitch again this season. And the injuries are always something that crop up with him and they probably still would be if he was wearing a Met uniform. But, you know, that's the tricky part of this because if you have an offense like they have, Harp, to where they're not firing on all cylinders and they did nothing to really address the offense – if runs are going to be at a premium for you, well, you better have some lockdown pitching if you're not going to have these, you know, an offense is going to be able to go light up the scoreboard. Yeah, and really Steve Cohen had no choice to but to go spend on these big guys and hope for the best. You know, it was always a huge gamble with the age of Verlander and Scherzer. And listen, it would have been crazy to give, give Dugan a five-year deal. And he's already hurt again. But the bottom line is, and I wrote a story about this a couple of weeks ago, kind of a long story, looking at their drafts over the years, they just have not done a good job of developing young pitching. You know, they've got a lot of good young position player prospects. We're starting to see some of them now, Beatty and Alvarez, but they don't have any young pitching coming. No. At least it's not re- going to be ready anytime soon. That's a real problem because you need to develop your own pitching. Otherwise, you're seeing you got to pay. When you got to pay for pitching in a free agent market, you're generally paying for older pitching, <laughs> not necessarily 40-year-olds, but – that's the chance they had to take. It could still pay off, but it's a huge gamble. And right now, at least on the Scherzer front, it doesn't look like that's going to pay off to, to the extent they thought. Yeah, Matt Allen was one of their pitching prospects. He went under the knife again for the second time. So, I mean, that sets him Matt back. Allen, you know, and Rocker was a guy they, they, decided, mm-hmm. they drafted and then decided not to sign. He's actually pitched pretty well. He got started now. He's gotten started for the Rangers, in the Rangers organization. They picked him with the three uh, – pick the following year so um you know you get, that's questionable too but yeah that, that that's the that's their issue right now is they don't have any young pitching they can really get down into that farm system and bring up and kind of count on to be uh to fill in the holes talking baseball with our pal john harper here on 98.7 espn all right cashman held court yesterday before the yanks played and basically said you know don't count us out still a long way to go which is all well and good i mean you still got 130 games still to play here but what do you make of this Yankee team right now from what you've seen and really the guys who are on the IL, more importantly? Yeah, I've heard that speech from Cashman before, you know. <laughs> uh, but after, you know what, though? Hey, let's, you got to give him credit for getting out there. I mean, how many – we've seen this now around in New York, especially in, in other sports now, these GMs go, on, go into hiding for most of the year. So Cashman's always out there. He's always available. i got to give him credit for that. Uh, but, you know, this is pretty much – the same team. I think that was that was the Yankee fans' biggest argument. It was the fan, you're bringing back pretty much the same team. As much money as you spent on Judge, and bringing back Rizzo, and it's true. Uh, you know they probably should have. Uh, they needed to get another guy like Benintendi, another contact hitter. Lemayu, you know, if you keep him healthy, he's 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 still a good contact hitter. He doesn't look like quite the same force he was, but it still comes down to to me. It comes down to I think. If Rodon is healthy, you got Rodon and Cole at the top of that rotation. All you got to do, if you get to the playoffs now, now you can do what the Astros did last year, and you can really dominate the postseason with pitching, I, I think. I mean, you count Severino in there, too, and Cortez as well. But without Rodon, I think it's a little bit of a different story. And to me, the, the idea of bringing the offense back was 
at some point, if you're if you're going to put invest that kind of money in Judge, he's got to hit for you in the postseason. He just has to if you're going to win a championship. So I didn't have an issue with really. There wasn't much else they could have done. I didn't think in terms of changing the uh, the, the way this team is built. You know, you, I mean, you went you you're all in on Stanton for a while now, right? So you don't have much choice there. You got to get those guys to hit, be healthy, and hit in the postseason. And you got to hope Rodon is healthy when you get to October, I think. But really, I mean, we've been over this for the last few years with the Yankees. Like, what do you attribute? I mean, I know it's sometimes beyond anybody's power or realm, but what do you attribute the issue with these injuries? Like, why are so many guys on the shelf all the time? And, you know, do you point oh, the man. finger at the organization saying that they're taking a chance on guys with an injury history when they go acquire them? Uh, man. <laughs> I mean,. When, I mean, I know you can you can definitely look and maybe make, maybe make that point, but when you look around baseball, it's everywhere. These injuries are injuries are everywhere because I think these guys they they do I think they do overtrain their bodies to the point where you know it's to the point where you're putting so much force on their bodies on their on their on the joints, the tendons, everything else that they they just they get injured more than they used to. And I look, I think in the case of uh, I mean, Judge has been relatively healthy. Um, except for some freakish things. Listen, it should be in his contract that he should not be allowed to slide head first. That's yeah. one thing. A guy that big should never be sliding head first. And now he might be, it looks like he's hurt because of it. If Stanton has changed his routine according to what he has said and what the Yankees have said about three different times in trying, in trying, in trying to find ways to stay healthy. And obviously he's as fit as could be. So I'm not sure what else you can do. I mean, I'm sure the people they hire are as, you know, as smart as you can get in these fields of uh, of their of, as far as fitness and all that stuff. So I, I'm not sure what the answer is when it comes to that. They just have to hope at, at the right time of the year they're healthy because you know in the case of Stanton especially, he's going to be getting hurt as he is now. John Harper of SNY, before we say goodbye, I haven't talked to you really this season. What are your thoughts on the new rules, the pitch clock and everything? Do you like the product that's being put out there? I do. I love it, uh, Dan. Uh, the games, uh, it's not just that they're faster. To me, it's just the pace is so much better. You're sitting there and you're watching. You know, you used to, you used to be able to you know, read, read a book in between pitches and, uh, and watch the game. Now you can't. you got to pay attention. I love the, the – uh, I mean, I was proponent of the shift band for years. Yep. You're seeing it now. For the most part, you're seeing singles go through the right side of the infield again, which I think is great for the game. And I think the running game is good, too. I think it's a good thing, although <laughs> not when Brandon Nimmo is trying to steal second when they're down two in the ninth inning. But that's the whole other story. <laughs> no doubt about that. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, Buck Showalter is going to drum that into his mind a few million times on that flight back to New York tonight. <laughs> that's for darn sure. Harp, great catching up, my friend. We'll do it again real soon. And uh, thanks for the time, as always, pal. Hey, you got it. Sounds good, Dan. Thanks. All right, there's John Harper, SNY, SNY.TV, talking a little Mets and Yanks. Remember, we're sending it out to Lakers Warriors basketball coming up at the top of the hour. Some final thoughts when we return. Dan Gross' show right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Gross' show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 800 That is the telephone number. Tomorrow, remember, we got a full show for you. Three big hours from 7 to 10, so we look forward to that. We'll set you up for the weekend. One day closer, of course, to Knicks Game 3. We'll all be sitting here watching the 
Yankees take on the Rays. Mets doing battle with the Rockies. Devils a game number two down in Carolina. Seeing if they can even up that best of seven here. So full show tomorrow night and then Saturday morning, our big three-hour splash from 9 a.m. to noon. Get your appetite ready for the Knicks and the Heat, which will be Saturday afternoon. So uh, looking forward to the next couple of days. Plenty of stuff that we will have for you right here on 98.7. Who do the uh, – hey, Harvey, who do the Red Bulls – um? Have on Saturday? What kind of disaster do they have in store on Saturday night? They have their local friends in the Philadelphia Union. Oh, the Philadelphia – and that's a home game or a road game? That's a home game. You going? Yeah, I'm going. Oh. Taking the sisters with me. Oh, that's and, uh, right. You said yes, yes, yes. Star Wars night, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Nice. <laughs> Nothing says out of this world than the Red Bulls, at least the way they play soccer. They gonna win? What do you think? No, uh, they're not gonna win. <laughs> you kidding? <laughs> they haven't won in like about a month and a half, I think. I've. Ne- I mean, if I would have asked you what your name is, you wouldn't have answered any faster than when I just said, "Are they gonna win?" Like before, I could even get it out of my mouth. They're like, "No, no, no." It's become apathy at this point. Do you have any regrets over the fact that you're such a devout supporter of the team and you give them your time, your money, and all those things? No, I I wasn't the uh, I'm not the problem in this in this argument. No, I'm not saying you're the problem. Definitely not. But I mean, like in when you look inside yourself, you do some introspection. Do you say why? Why am I such a devout follower of this team that really doesn't bring me any joy? No, when I first started uh, being a fan, I knew that not that days like this would be what happened. Mama so, said there'd be days like this. There'd be that, days like this. My mama right. said. And then. Had some fun times. We won supporters' shields, went to the playoffs year in, year out. Remember that Western Conference Championship from that team in Harrison, New Jersey? Can you believe that? They went to Utah, <laughs> beat Real Salt Lake to advance to the final. The only reason they should have been in the Western Conference or whatever is if, like, the the rest of the Eastern Conference was out on Long Island. That's the only thing that would justify them being Western Conference. It only took new teams like Kansas City and Seattle to bump them back out to the East Coast. You know what? You could sit here and explain it to me like I'm five years old for about an hour, and I probably still would not be able to comprehend how the Red Bulls ended up in the Western Conference that year for the playoffs. No, it'll never make sense. It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. So Star Wars night this week, and it, what's the big Star Wars promotion? They have a bobblehead of a player called Luquinhas, who is a Brazilian playmaker, Brazilian midfielder. Uh, unfortunately, he won't feature in the game. He's injured at the moment, so... Um, He's out. So basically, kudos to the marketing department on planning that one. Well, look, it's better than it was last year. I mean, last year they had a bobblehead of Tyler Adams who hasn't played for the club since 2018. <laughs> I mean, I could have told him that. I mean, t- Tyler Adams bobblehead, and, I, and the guy hasn't been there for five years. It's now, was he, now, was Tyler Adams somebody who was actually like near and dear to the organization? Like, why would they give him a bobblehead? He's very near and dear because he came up through the academy. Mm-hmm. Played many years there. He was part of the of the second team that won the championship in 2016. Then, I like the, the fact the that soccer team. teams, by the way, because this is all over the world. Like, I love the fact that they have academies, like you said, right? It's not just, it's not a situation. Like, wouldn't it be so cool if, like, baseball teams, basketball teams, the foot, like everybody had an academy? It just sounds so much more professional, doesn't it? Like, instead of like minor leagues, the academy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, it sounds it sounds better, but I mean, everyone, it just doesn't get the I guess the positive vibes. Like Brett Beatty came up technically through the academy, I guess, quote unquote. Now, can anybody apply for the academy, or like they scout you and you have to have talent, and then they like you enroll in the academy? I think 
there's a way to apply. They do have winter and summer camps every single year, and you could always make it up to, like, the U8 groups, the U10 groups, and so. So theoretically, I mean, like, I'm probably past the age, but if I wanted to at the time, like, I played soccer in high school, like, I could have applied for the academy if it was a thing. Like, yeah. the, poli- like the police academy. This is the Red Bulls academy. For sure. Well, for sure, but if, let's say. Police academy would actually be more fun than the Red Bulls academy right now. Maybe. But, I mean, like, you're the Rutgers guy. I think if you went to Rutgers, you could, um... You could get get like a discount or something. You get scouted by the rebels, uh, scouts, and they'll they'll get you. Really? Well, yeah, they'll sign you to like, uh, I guess not like an entry level contract, but they'll sign you to their academy, and then you'll develop there and you'll see how it goes. Maybe you get a first team contract or. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think that they're doing a good job developing talent at the academy these days? Right now, no, it's not as it was in the past few years. Interesting, we, because in the years prior, you had. Tyler Adams, mm-hmm. Aaron Long, mm-hmm. Tom Barlow, who's still there somehow, mm-hmm. um, Sean Davis, who used to be the captain and then went to Nashville. So you had a number of guys, honestly. So all these guys are no more, but they're not replenishing that talent is what you're saying with no, guys that need to be there. No, and it's so hard. I mean, every single year they sign trialists and they're playing for the second team. And, and, and these days, because the team hasn't won an MLS Cup, the, the need to win now is overcoming the need to develop, to develop talent. So now, would you go to the game Saturday if it wasn't Star Wars night? And they weren't giving out a bobblehead. No, I'd still go. You'd still go. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like the bobblehead is what's enticing you to walk through the gates. No, I mean, and for everybody out there, the the New York Derby, the Hudson River Derby, is the following week. Uh-oh. So I'll be there in full misery. Because <laughs> I just know it's gonna happen. I just love what you put yourself through. It's incredible. I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah. You're not gonna eat the General Sal's again, are you? Before the I wouldn't do that before the game. No, I, I'm gonna take like a two week break. You and gotta. Then, you can't have it back-to-back days like you did. I mean, because remember, tonight you almost, you know, hit the pot of gold. If today messed me up as bad as yesterday, I would yeah, have just you, given you, up. You can't go there again. So, uh, we'll uh, we'll get more of a uh, preview of the Red Bulls game coming up on our Saturday morning show with Harvey, of course, which we always appreciate. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Like I said, we're back in full force tomorrow, full three hours from 7 to 10, and then Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon. That is going to wrap things up for us tonight. So, thanks to John Harper for hopping on and talking some baseball with us. That was fun. Joe Leo and Harvey Cruz for producing the program tonight. Keep it tuned. little NBA playoff basketball with the Warriors and the Lakers coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow at 7. Everybody, Dan Gross is saying so long on 98.7 ESPN.